Hey everybody, it's your girl Lauren Reed from What Ice Radio, and you are now listening to the Lauren Reed Live Show. Let's go. It's just a public service announcement, sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans. Hey, it's your girl Lauren Reed, and you are now locked into Lauren Reed Live, right here on What Ice Radio, the show where you get a little scoop of everything. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Ho! What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Jay the Gentleman, and you're listening to Lauren Reed Live on Water Ice Radio, powered by waterice.com, your scoop to everything Philly. Now let's go! Good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday night, and it's time for the Lauren Reed Live show on Water Ice Radio. How's everybody doing this evening? I hope everybody had a great weekend. My boy Jay the Gentleman's in the house. What up? What up, though? We good. We had a good weekend. We had a great weekend. Yeah, it yes. was fun. Uh, shout out to Drake and Migos. Shout out to Drake and Migos. Roy Woods. That was a great show. Yeah, we checked out Aubrey and the Three Amigos show here at the Wells Fargo Center. We went to the Sunday night show, unfortunately. Right. We miss Meek on Saturday. Right, right, right. It's all right. You know? I kind of like... I put in a call for him to come out on Sunday again, but... Nothing, nothing. Clearly, my calls were unheard. Yeah. But no, no, it was good. It was good, Honestly, though. we still had a really fun time. Um, Drake was... We was in and out. Like... We were at, so... <laughs> I put you on to game. First story, I'm always... I'm not always late to everything, but I'm always straddling right before it's supposed to, like... Start. Start, right? And this time, Jay was like, no, listen, this is how we're going to do this. <laughs> we're actually going to get there earlier, you know, and I'm just like, we're going to find okay, good parking. Find good parking. We got the parking right by the exit. And normally, like, I'm looking at the text like, wow, that's really early. But I was like, I'm going to just do what he says. I'm going to do what he says. And it worked out perfect. We got there. We got our parking space in the front. We ate without yeah. any, like, hustle and, like, bustle, no long Went lines. to some photo booth stuff. Went to, like, some photo. Yeah. Shout out to um, StubHub. StubHub. They had a really cool photo booth experience. You know, the fries from Chickie Pete, they were fresh. Yep. They weren't, it wasn't quick. Yep. Uh, we got our seats that we sit, that we sat in for a good two hours that were the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then we got to our right ones. Then we got to our right ones. <laughs> we enjoyed the show. And then literally getting out was. Ten minutes. If that. Like walking to the car, car was longer than getting, getting out. Get out of the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, it was Meanwhile, perfect. for Beyonce, I sat in the car for an hour and 30 minutes to get out of the parking Amateurs, lot. Amateurs, yo. Crazy. 
Never again. So I will be going to every concert early <laughs> from now on just because of game. that experience. So I appreciate you, my friend. You're welcome. Today. But yes, other than that, it was a great weekend. Um, just had good vibes all weekend. That's all we it could was. ask for. And that led into this week. Today, right. Another good vibes. We have a really good show, you guys, tonight. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about this topic. You don't hear a lot of people talk about it. Right. Um, we have the founder of a great organization called Overcoming Odds in the Building. Um, it was just, it really touched me when I, when Hector, our owner of Water Ice, reached out to me and said that we had someone from Texas that was interested in. Shout out to Texas. Yep. We knew that was coming. We don't get a lot of people from Texas. Jay is so from hype. Texas, everybody. Wanted to come up to the show to talk about, you know, his his organization and his experiences. I was just like, really? I was like, <laughs> okay. okay, cool. But then when I found out what the organization Overcoming Oz was about, it's amazing. It's about, you know, people that have grown up in the foster care system, mm-hmm. adoption system, and how they transition through that and how they can speak their truth. Mm-hmm. So we are really excited about tonight's show. Mm-hmm. Um, Oleg is here. Molly is here. They are going to really talk about their a new campaign that they have called Stand Up and Speak and how they're bringing that to Philadelphia. So we're really excited about that. But first, you guys know what we have to do, right? We got to introduce this music playlist for you guys tonight. And I have to say that I have passed the torch over to Jay for the night. Yep. I've allowed him to pick all of the music. I did. So if you don't like it, blame him. I, I don't <laughs> care if you do. I really don't. This is stuff I like. So, Oleg, because you came from Texas, we thought uh-huh. it would be only right to do a Texas theme yes. um, playlist. Yeah, so everybody, Ooh. all the artists are from Texas. And I let Jay go ahead because he's from Texas and picked yeah. everyone. Not a lot of people know this, but Erica Badu is from Dallas. I did not know that. Yeah, she's from not, Texas. Not only did I not know that, but I also did not know that um, Travis Scott was from Texas. Houston. Did not know that. Yeah. So you got me on that one. Yeah. So, All right, so introduce the first song. First song, Queen Erica Badu. We got window seats. Y'all remember this video? Do I? <laughs> Do I? That's why I picked it. I was like, Erica, girl, what you doing? No, nah, this is a great song. I, lo- I love the video because it was so crazy. Like, it was it, just bold. It was very, very bold. People were talking about it for like... Yeah. Weeks, months, maybe. Everybody, I don't think everybody know Erica had all that body, but then oh, they, I didn't. they found out. <laughs> definitely, she definitely is from Texas. My dad was the one. <laughs> she definitely, My dad was the one. Was like, <laughs> she you see Erica's video? I was like, you little perv. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to hit up window seat really quick by Erica do, and then when we get back. We're going to introduce you guys to our guests, and we're going to jump right. Well, we have a couple things that we want to really quick. quickly talk about, yeah. but it's not going to be a full ratchet recap, you guys, because it's not really going on. We talked about. Nikki and Cardi too much last week. We need a break. Yeah. You good with that? I'm, I'm all right with that. All right, cool. So let's listen to Erica real quick. And when we come back, let's get into it, guys. It's your girl, Lauren Ree, right here on What Our Ice Radio. Got Jada Gentleman in the building. Overcoming Odds is in the building. We're all here, everybody. Don't Stay go anywhere. tuned. And we're back, everybody. It's your girl, Lauren Ree, right here on What Our Ice Radio. And we are about to do really, 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 really quickly a little retro recap about the Emmys last night. Okay. It came on. I'm going to be very honest with you guys. I was more in tune to the, they called it the golden carpet this year, the fashion mm-hmm. piece of it. Yeah. Everyone looks so good. Yeah. Everybody Who looks was your good. favorite? Issa Rae looked great. She did. 
She looks so good. Yeah. I, I just love who she's Even after her yacht party. Yeah, right? <laughs> I just love who she's becoming as a woman and yeah. as an actress and as a staple in Hollywood. For like, sure. Even, like, she was on the best dress list on, like, the Today Show and stuff wow. like that. Like, people are talking about her. So um, I was just like, great. Sterling Brown from This Is Us. Mm-hmm. He looked very, very dapper. He was like, but I loved how he more so spotlighted his wife more than anything. She looked gorgeous. And she he was like... You take the pictures. I'm just here. Like, you mm. know what I'm trying to say? But shout out to our show, um, Game of Thrones, won an Emmy. Even though it hasn't been on in a year. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, how they win? <laughs> like, uh, what? No, it's crazy. <laughs> Game of Thrones won. Shout out to Cat Williams for winning for his outstanding performance on Atlanta. It was really good. That was a great Alligator Man episode. It was a it was it Florida was my, Man. Flor- no, it was Alligator it was Man. Alligator man? It was Alligator oh, Man. It might have been, besides the barbershop one, my favorite episode this season. So okay. shout out to Atlanta. Yeah. Shout out to Regina King. She won for Best Leading Actress um, on Seven a, Seconds. Seven Seconds mm-hmm. was a very good series on Netflix if you guys haven't checked it out. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of good heavy hitters. These Netflix Hulu shows are like taking over all of these awards. Oh yeah, they're winning everything. They're like good. They're good. everybody else got to step their game up. Like well, I mean, for when you sure. when you when you have those freedoms, like when you allow these showrunners to you know to be creative and really um, take off, you mm-hmm. know, it shows. You know, like yeah, they feel comfortable. They they can put out their whatever they want to express with. With the networks, there's so much, you know, red tape, and there's so much. Uh, we can't do this. Let's yeah, do this. Yeah. And they time think restrictions. Yeah, yeah, time restrictions. Like there's so much stuff that they still gotta. Like, that's they have so many more freedoms. Very much so. And last but not least, I have to shout out RuPaul's Drag Race. It's been on for over ten years, and they finally they won. They finally won. won oh, an good Emmy for, for best reality series. I'm not gonna lie, I got caught up in a couple seasons because honestly, <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. like yeah. they're really talented. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they're making all their own gowns yeah. and stuff like that. It's like crazy. And RuPaul is a staple. Yeah. And, you know what I'm trying to Pop say? Like he's been sure. out forever. So um shout out to them. And so, Teddy Perkins. Shout out to Teddy Perkins for <laughs> making an appearance at the Oscars. So I'm scrolling on Instagram and it caught me up. I was like, ooh. Where'd Teddy come from? <laughs> so if you guys don't remember, Teddy Perkins was the um, episode on Atlanta this season. Yeah. It was very creepy. It had no commercial breaks, no which com- was dope. And it was a little FX. longer, right? Yeah, it was, it was a, a little longer, bit longer. longer. It was great. Um, and it was kind of like a, it had like a Michael Jackson feel. It was, it was like a comedy horror it film. Was like, it was weird. It was really dope. But someone came to the Emmys. We don't know if it was... Um, I want to call him Childish Care Donald Glover. Donald it Glover. wasn't him. It wasn't him because then he, he was, was there. The, the yeah. It was weird. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I love it. I love it. It I scared just, the mess out of me. Molly, yeah. Molly from Insecure was sitting next to him. Yeah. She looks scared. <laughs> I would have been. I would have been scared. I would have been scared too. But um, I gotta look at the recap. You gotta look at the recap. It was. It, it was cool. It was good. I mean, it was. I would say this. Shout out to the Emmys. It was very diverse. Area mm-hmm. like. It, Touch all the spectrum. They had no um, they had the two the weekend update guys um, yes. host yeah. um, from SNL. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And, um, yep. Yeah. Speaking That's of SNL, up. Kanye West is going to be on the season premiere. Yep. Of performing on SNL with Adam Driver. Um, yep, it's going to be. I'm sure that's going to be very interesting to say the least. And he's coming out with a new album with Chance the Rapper. Jesus, oh wow, Jesus too. <laughs> and he also announced that him and his family are moving to Chicago. 
Um, mm. I don't know. I, I'm still kind of. Yeah, I'm still kind of <laughs> like eh, with him right now. Like, I am too. Yeah. And I'm normally not on this guy's side, but Joe Button made a really good point on his new show on Revolt. They've been playing it mm. over and over. So if you want to catch the clip, catch it. What he says about Kanye West. I'm like, Joey, I normally don't rock with you, but yeah. I, I agree with this. Part. Yeah. Yep, so that is it, you guys. We wanted to keep it light for you because we want to get into this amazing interview. Yes. So what we're going to do is quickly go to a quick break. Um, Jay, this is a... Slim Thug. I took it back. This song is amazing. Yeah. You know why I love this song so much? Jay-Z? Well, yeah, it's Jay-Z. The beat? The beat, yes. Pharrell, all that. But it's in one of my favorite scenes in my favorite movie. Does anyone know what song this movie was in? ATL. There you go. Mm, yeah. ATL. The they, were, they, were they were skating, skating at Cascades yeah, 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 yeah. and the guys are doing their first little yeah, roll call yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were skating to this. Yeah. Shout out to you for knowing that. And I ain't heard of that. That's right. I ain't heard of that. Yeah. Look at you. We on the same page tonight. It's going to be a good show it's gonna tonight. Be a good show. It's going to be a good show tonight. All right, you guys. So Slim Thug featuring Jay-Z. I ain't heard of that remix. We'll be right back. We are back, Lauren Reed Live on Water Rights Radio. Jay, the gentleman, yes. we got Lauren Reed, and it's time to get into the let's talk about it topic of the hour. So excited. Let's yes. go, let's go, let's, let's go. Let's do it. So we got from Overcoming Odds, we got Oleg and we have Molly. Molly. They're here. Welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Thank welcome. you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. We're so excited to have you. And from Texas. Absolutely. Love yes. it. Flew in Love just it. for this. I Love it. We're really excited about that. We appreciate you thinking of us and coming here to, to spread the word. So mm-hmm. let's get it started. Um, your bio is very powerful, to say the least, right? So, yeah, appreciate um, you, you know, you said for the first nine years of your life, you had, first, before we get into that, mm-hmm. please talk about what overcoming odds is, and then we'll get into right. your story. Absolutely. Why don't we do that first? What Overcoming Odds is and how it all started is a community for those who have been adopted or in foster care. And the way this whole journey has started was from a two to three page blog post, really all it was. And actually in a neighboring neighboring town called Newark, Delaware, Mm. I was sitting down in front of my computer at about two or three a.m. at night and I was kind of developing this purpose and this passion around my experience of being adopted and coming from Russia mm-hmm. to the United States at the age of 12, not speaking any English, not knowing anything about this part anything of the world. Right. And I just decided to share my story. Mm-hmm. And I titled the blog post, Overcoming Odds. I detailed my experiences mm-hmm. in the chronological order. And then within days of that, I began to receive phone calls, mm-hmm. emails, wow. website submissions, of other people just like Molly that came across the story and said, Hey, I've, I've been here. Wow. I, I can see it. I can relate. And so from that point on, you know, it, it really made sense in my mind that it has to be done because people were in need of this. Mm-hmm. People were in need of sharing their story. And I think a segment of overcoming odds that ties into a theme that goes beyond adoption and foster care and that is I firmly believe that we can all live our stories. Mm-hmm. If given the right resources and the right mindset, you can turn your story into a lifestyle. You can make money from it. You can do whatever it is that you desire from it. Mm-hmm. You just have to be dedicated enough to make something happen out of that story. Dope. And again, your story is so powerful. Um, what The one thing that I noticed that was different from other people's story that you normally hear with foster care or adoption is mm-hmm. that 
they didn't even know that they were adopted. They don't find it out later in life. But your yep. story is a little bit different. Yep. Um, you were actually with your your family for nine years of your life. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. I was with a family. I was born in a town called Chibarkul. Okay. Russia. So for those of you that don't know it, this is a great chance to practice the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> I and would never get it, so it's all right. <laughs> there you go. I, I was born into that family. Uh, the family last name was Kurukin, and I lived with them for the first nine years of my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the best upbringing. I, I didn't have a lot of support when it came financially, um, nor from a parent background. So it made me make a lot of difficult decisions at a very early age. Um, I firmly believe that from the age of maybe five or six, that's when I had to become an adult. Wow. I had to figure out things like, where do you find food tonight? Where do you sleep? How do you act with a mother who constantly comes home drunk and saying, I'll change. Um, And the change and that phrase actually went from one day to a month to a year and eventually just became so frequent where I stopped believing in that, in those words, period. Mm -hmm. So I, I lived in, I guess you could say, a dysfunctional household up until I was nine. Mm-hmm. And at nine years old, something had clicked in my mind and came a- across my path. And it said that the next logical choice to make from here was to go into an orphanage. So wow. can you just pause right there for mm-hmm. a second? At nine, at you nine made a decision old. that you rather be in an orphanage than to continue to family. live in this dysfunction that is your actual blood family. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a very adult decision <laughs> to yeah. make at yeah. nine. Um, how long did you, if you can remember, like how long did you kind of like battle with that? Was it like tomorrow this is what I'm doing? Or did you kind of like struggle with it a little bit? I've always been the type of person that when I have a thought and I can picture a set of actions that I can take from that thought, mm-hmm. I just do it. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to anything, putting together whatever it is, as long as I can, can visually see a roadmap mm-hmm. of how it can happen, I just start doing it. So wow. for me to give up my parents, it was just like any other decision. Wow. And it, it's interesting because to this day, people ask me, was it hard? And I say, that decision was not any harder than me starting a conversation here, me flying. It's, it's really is as simple as that. Once you set your mind to it, you just make it happen. Wow. So when I was nine and I decided to go in, into the orphanage and re- relinquish my parents' rights entirely, it was just like any other decision I had made along the way. Now, did your parents have to agree with that? They did. In fact, I have a very vivid memory of, I went into city council with my sister, who was my legal guardian at the time, and I remember she was standing right behind me. She was crying the whole time and saying, you don't have to do this. You can come home with me. And I, I sat there and I was firm on what I committed to to begin wow. with. And I, to be completely honest with you, I was partially sold on the system that it's not. Mm. I was told that you'll have toys to play with. You'll have friends. You'll have a family. And to some extent, yes, you did have those things. But at the same time, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those factors came with some strings that were attached. Yeah. So in order to have a good environment in the orphanage, you had to behave. The way they taught you discipline and behavior was through physical and mental abuse. Mm. So you had to obey the rules in order to get the things that you were promised. Right. So Molly, what about your experience with um, being adopted? How did, how did you kind of find out or how did that go? So I, um, being biracial, that, um, and I also have a twin sister, we were adopted at birth together. Okay. Um, so being 
being that my parents are white, you know, it's like kind of obvious and I kind of knew, okay, we're not my blood family. Okay. We do not look alike. Okay. You know? um, but I think it was really unique. My, um, you know, my mom would say things like, you know, you're special. You have another mom out there, you know, but mm -hmm. I was always kind of told like she, you know, she couldn't afford to keep more kids, you know? So for me, I was learning early on that, okay, even though I look different and also they, my parents read this book that was called Why Was I Adopted? And then my sister mm -hmm. had glasses at a young age. So it was like, why do I wear glasses? Um, and it was the same author and the illustration was so beautiful. And I remember it vividly now where, um, you know, my parents were able to read that book and say, we look different than you, but we're your family, right. you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And in the book, it talks about some people live with their grandparents. Some people live with their aunts. Some mm -hmm. people live with people who don't look like them or some people are tall or whatever. Right. And so that was really unique to me. Um, for me, you know, Sometimes I, growing up and being in a home with my family and being with extended family, I just forget that I'm like, look different, that I have curly hair, sure. that I have an afro or whatever, right. because I'm just comfortable in my own life, you know? But it is interesting when you get removed from that where you're shopping with your parents at a grocery store and the clerk says, is this all together? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm eight. Yeah. I'm strangers. <laughs> yeah, here's my credit card. Like, of course we're all together. You know, right. it's just like, that's when reality sets in and you're like, stupid. People oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot that like, I look different. But the right. fact that I'm they need that confirmation that they have to ask a dumb question like that, like you can't figure that out. So, but, right, or right, right. Or when you go to places that are very monochromatic or just not diverse and it's very much so I stand out everyone's staring at me thankfully I have a twin sister she can experience this with me so right. just you know yeah just, <laughs> like, just, just we can walk. be awkward together and experience this together because you know I often think like it would be difficult to be adopted by myself right or if we got split up as twins which yeah. happens a lot yeah for twins. absolutely yeah so I'm thankful so Oleg mm -hmm. um you talk a little bit also about in your bio that when you first went into um, the foster care system, an orphanage, they told you had that you had to completely forget about your family. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, was that easy for you to digest or was that or did you struggle with that? I had no other option. Oh, so it was like it forced was, upon you. It kind was of forced thing. upon okay. oh, wow. one right. of the things wow. you had to do. And one of the things that actually the way it did happen was when I would have my weekly visits with my sister or whoever else that came to visit me. They used to come into this main lobby of the orphanage mm -hmm. and the lobby was located right across from the director's room. Wow. So if you think about it, what it does to you psychologically, knowing that you can't say certain things, you can't do certain things mm -hmm. because A, you don't know if the director is there and B, what if someone else just happens to walk by right. and right. they hear you say, oh, I got abused yesterday. Oh, this happened. Mm -hmm. All because I was trying to and the times that I did run away, it was because of the fact that I wanted to go see my family. Mm, okay. wow. So I, I couldn't even tell my sister until I was adopted, came to the States. And I think I was 16 or 17 years old. And I had finally told her that the reason why I didn't tell you these things was because I was scared this whole time. Yeah. What, what year, I guess, what year was this when you, when, when you were nine, when you, when you decided you wanted to be? So I was adopted at 2005 and I was 12 years old. Okay. Wow. So 2002-ish. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, 12 years old, you came to the States. Mm -hmm. um, so, how was that experience coming over? Complete culture shock. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where I try and explain to people, imagine that you have a whiteboard. And this is an, an exercise that my adopted mom did um, in front of my classroom right before I came to the school. Okay. She pulled out a whiteboard and she put sticky notes on the whiteboard. Each sticky note represented a part of you. 
So imagine your first name, your last name, the language you speak, the address you live at, the friends. Yeah. And then she would take off every one of them. And she would ask the classroom the question, how do you feel? How does it make you feel if you didn't have your name? How does it make you feel if you didn't have this? And so what ended up happening was by the time she had gone through the entire whiteboard, yeah. it was my first name. And then, and then she said, how would it make you feel if 99% of the time people can't even pronounce your name? Mm. Which is, the t it's, it's still a case. Right. I, I'm having to repeat myself multiple times to people and they say, what is your name again? So by the time take three comes around, I say, this is it. <laughs> Whatever you said, that's, that's yeah, what's yeah. going to stick in your head. And so that's how, you, that's how you're going to remember me. So to answer your question, it was a complete culture shock. I didn't speak English. I had to communicate through a paper dictionary for about a year. Mm. Wow. So, because there was no other way to do it. And imagine trying to communicate your emotions through a paper dictionary. Yes. Mm. Literally not possible. Wow. Right. Because you're so in the moment and you're not going to pick up a pa paper dictionary because that takes you to a level where you have to be calm. Right. You have you're to be really frustrated. Process. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you need exactly. even more frustrated to find. Mm. Yes, yeah. exactly. So your family, the, your adoptive family here, mm -hmm. um, how are they? best set of parents I could ever imagine mm. it's every it also has to be a culture shock for them as well like it's Absolutely. a different experience Absolutely. for them as well and and they've had a kid of their own which was also an interesting experience to be part of a family who had a biological child okay. mm. who's a little bit older than me and but at the same time I also think that they've prepared themselves very well mm -hmm. as far as they knew what they were getting into mm -hmm. they they loved me and actually before I got adopted my my mom flew there multiple times. Mm. So as you guys can imagine, a, flight, a trip to Russia is not exactly a half hour drive. No. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like other side of the world. Other side of the world. So to make that multiple times, wow. it just reaffirmed that they cared and that they wanted to make it happen. So when I came here, it was... Have they ever talked to you about the reasoning of why they wanted to adopt? Mm -hmm. They've wanted to have a brother. My brother wanted to have um, okay. another brother, and I think my parents were at a point where they didn't want to have um, another child, Okay, and they were also very aware of the foster care crisis and the adoption that was happening, the orphanages, okay. and so it was for them, I believe it was a way to give back and, and help out someone else who was already on this planet mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. rather than take a chance potentially on a birth that may or may not happen. Right. That's just one of those things you don't know for sure. sure. That's dope. Yeah, so. that's really good. Thank mm -hmm. God for them. Mm -hmm. um, what that's we're going to do is take a quick break. And when we come back, um, I want to talk about where you kind of, you talked a little bit about how you birth uh, overcoming eyes, but it, it was just a, a blog post, but now it's all of this. It was. So um, yeah. we want to talk about how it got to this point, how you actually ended up meeting Molly mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. where Overcoming Oz is right now. Absolutely. Uh, so next song up, Jay, what you got? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Gary Clark Jr. from Austin. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, from yeah. Austin. Blues, rock and roll. Yes, I have yes, to throw yes. in a little, little switch yeah, it up sure, a little I bit. I see you. I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to do that. And then when we come back, we'll get right back into our interview uh, with o Overcoming Oz, guys. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. 
Hey everybody, it's your girl Lauren Ree, and I got my boy Jada Gentleman yeah, here with yeah. me. And we are about to pay some bills, everybody. That's right. First off, shout out to Samsung Technologies. They provided us with equipment for our post and pre-production needs. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And then we have the new Sand Association of Philadelphia. They have over 50 screens across Center City with our show playing on exclusively. So thank you to them. Yes, yes. And last but certainly not least, we got Boom 103.9 Philly. Boom. Thank you very much. We are on their website. You can check us out. Go to the top of the website. Hit the website exclusives. All that good stuff. We got our amazing content, and we got more coming up, so please stay tuned. Yeah, guys, we're going back to the show right now. Don't go anywhere. What are Ice Radio? And again, we have a really great interview going on right now with Overcoming Odds. The founder, Oleg, is here. Um, your story is powerful. Both of your stories are powerful. Molly is here as well. Um, so let's kind of talk about Overcoming Odds as mm-hmm. um, as an organization. You you did the blog post. You got all these submissions and people reaching out <laughs> I think to that's you. Amazing. That's yeah, so right. Yeah. So what was next? Once you got it, you were like, okay. Like what's what, next? Yeah, yeah. What do I do with this? What do you do with it? Well, what made the most sense for me at that particular time was <laughs> when I started to get all these submissions, what I realized was happening was that people were in need of having their story be told. Mm. People were in need of having their voice and their narrative be developed. So what the next logical step in that sequence was to open it up to other people, mm. have this not only be my story. Mm-hmm. And that's where the campaign Stand Up and Speak Up was born. It was just an open platform on the website where people can share their experience through a questionnaire mm-hmm. or through a web, um, through a, through an email, and then from there, what we've done is we've we've given them the entire freedom to tell it as they wanted to, mm-hmm. and then would put that onto the website along with other people, and we made sure we let others know through those stories that a they're not alone throughout this experience, mm-hmm. and b there are other circumstances and stories that are being told that people can relate to so from that point on it just it just grew from stories and the next step we took was which is a very pivotal step was we broke down the stories all i think at that time 85 or 86 stories mapped it all out on a whiteboard and we said okay these are the most pressing problems how do we solve them now what research resources do we have at hand mm-hmm. that we don't have to acquire capital or whatever it may be? What can we do at this particular yeah. time with what you have? Mm-hmm. And that's when the concept for these conferences and seminars came about. And that's actually how Molly got on board initially was she saw some of the material we put out for an event in Austin mm-hmm. called Hear Me Now. Mm-hmm. And it was all around helping people find their voice get connected to a community. So it was kind of a stepping stone in this long journey. Mm -hmm. And then from that point on, we started to break it down into more themes. And what brings us to Philadelphia is actually an event called Path to Resilience. So it's all about what it means to be resilient Mm. from someone who's been adopted or in foster care. So topics like how do you develop inner strength? How do you become fearless or persistent at the things you do? How do you get that support group? How do you believe in yourself when times do get tough Mm. and so all of those experiences led us on this journey and then eventually connected us to molly who came across the the material and reached out to me directly and said hey 
how do we have this here? Yeah. This is a community I've been looking for. How, I, we need this. Wow. That's super. That's, that's amazing. But let me not take away something from you I just thought mm-hmm. about. You did a TED Talk. I did. Whoa. It's a big deal. Let <laughs> <laughs> uh, me definitely not take that away from you. Um, that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, did you submit something for that, or is this someone asked you to, to to be a part of that? So this is a person that had reached out to me based on finding my story, mm-hmm. and the whole topic there was overcoming your odds. And it was a four principles that I had shared through it: how I overcame some odds within my life. One of those principles being resourceful, mm-hmm. and. To be completely honest with you, before I got on the stage, before I got on that TED stage, mm-hmm. I wanted to turn around. Mm-hmm. My my stomach flipped, and a lot of it was because I was processing the things that were happening to me, and the message that I was going to deliver. Somewhat, all of it was the truth. Mm-hmm. I just felt that because my birth mom was not alive and she wasn't there to see that talk, mm. was I being disloyal to her? Mm. Was I potentially putting a bad spotlight mm-hmm. on the set of experiences which she had no control over? So, when, but once I got in the stage, it, it just said that you have to speak your truth. I think Oprah said something like that in, mm. during one of the more recent talks. You have to tell the truth no matter what it is that you're doing. And I think when you do that, that's when you can embrace who you are and become the person that you want to be wonderful so molly back to you how did you um like how did you see this and was like you know what we need this in philadelphia yeah i i don't know i do a lot of social media looking and you know connecting to people and i think i i had recently just been discovering that and i was talking to a therapist like literally that's how it was i was just like casually talking to my therapist like hey i don't know anything about there being any support or organizations or, or associations or, or anything for people who are adopt, you know, adult adoptees. There's like, oh, you're a kid. There's like playgroups, but there's no like this well-known thing. So right. she was like, yeah, you know, you're right. I don't know anything about it either. And I was like, that should be a thing, like you know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, why don't you create something? And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Let me go see if there's it already exists, you right? Because I don't want to re- recreate the wheel if it already exists, yeah. right? And then I see this thing on like LinkedIn and I kind of saved it casually and I'm like, oh, I'll get back to it, you know, running around, right? Mm-hmm. And thank God I didn't miss that saved article because it was his post on LinkedIn <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was like for the event. I reached out to him. I said, wow. hey, will you bring this event to Philadelphia? Right. Like, this sounds amazing. If I wasn't going home to see my family in Maine during this week, I would literally fly to Austin. Like, that's what I would do. Right. It sounded so great. And there wasn't, I've never been to something like that. Right. Um, so I felt like, you know, okay. I was like, all right, I'm going to pray about this. And, you know, he reached yeah, back. Um, you know, you send those things. Maybe someone will hear it. Maybe someone won't. You right. Shot. You're in. And yeah. he responded. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It wasn't like a yes or no. It was like, let's do it. And yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. This is amazing. So, right. you know, just I'm bold. I like to talk to strangers. Like, I like to talk to people and make new connections. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad he reached back out. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, we're in an age where everyone is kind of like, um, speaking their truth about different things, whether it's domestic violence, um, being uh, sexually abused, yeah. mental illness. And you never really hear people talking about being a part of the foster care system or being adopted. Yeah. You never really hear those types of forums. It's still right. sort yeah. of like a weird, a weird stigma. Yeah, right. stig- yeah. Like why, though? So that was going to be my question. Like, why do you think that there's this, like, stigma around it? Do you think people are just uncomfortable because, like, they think maybe the person who was adopted or who was in foster care is uncomfortable? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to rock the boat type of thing. It could totally be that. I mean, I think that when I see because of myself like I, when i when i think of people who are adopted i often think they know they're adopted but you said lauren in the beginning like some people don't even know right, right. and i've 
since, I mean, since I started talking about this more openly, I mean, I'll talk about adoption because to me it's obvious. Like I'm adopted when I see my family and, or if I'm telling someone a story, I'm like, oh yeah, my family, we went to Maine. I'm like, disclaimer, there's no black people in Maine. I'm adopted. <laughs> let me let Let's you know. Like, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like hold on. Cause that, you might be picturing it in your mind. Nope. We're not having big family reunion. Nope. Like <laughs> right. it's a different kind of reunion, but right. you know, and so I think people just feel uncomfortable or mm-hmm. awkward or they think it's too personal to talk about. Yeah. Which Sure, it is personal. Mm-hmm. You know, recently I was at Love City Brewery this summer and I said to a girl, I was telling her about traveling, I'm super open. And she was like, well, I'm sorry if it's too personal to ask. You mentioned you're adopted, so blah, 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 blah. I'm like, let's talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. we're Facebook friends now. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sharing the event with her. You know, I think people feel really awkward. I'm sorry if it's being personal. And I get it. You know, it's yeah. it does feel like you're maybe feeling like you're intruding into my life. But so if we talked about breast cancer or, you know, sexual abuse, that is intruding into people's lives too. Mm -hmm. But if we are not open and we can't share, we're never going to connect, you know? And more often than not, we have things in common that we need to connect about. Mm -hmm. So just today, um, a friend of mine showed me, do you guys know the show? What would you do? Yeah. They showed me, she was like, Oh, who's coming on the show tonight? And I was telling her and she was like, that's so crazy. She was like, um, someone sent me a clip from the show about what would you do about, um, a, the foster care experience. Basically what happened was um, they're talking about how people are using the foster care to, to get a check, just mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. that's right. why they're taking the kids and stuff like that and how they are um, not properly treating these, these children. Right. So the situation was they were in a restaurant. It was clearly an African-American boy, a white family. Mm-hmm. It was a mother and, and the son. Okay. And basically she was told to treat him differently than clearly her white son Mm -hmm. so basically she said stuff like oh you can get whatever you want on the menu oh johnny you only have like a ten dollar budget or something Mm -hmm. like that and but they were sitting very close to Mm -hmm. other people to see how they would react oh yeah yeah and this one lady she couldn't even eat she was just like she came over to her she was like why are you treating him like that? Like, this is like really, really bad. And then one time he asked to go to the bathroom, he stepped away. And then she was talking to her son, like, yeah, you know, we get $700 a month for Johnny. So you get whatever you want and then we'll keep (laughs) him on. It was just, it was just, I think it was extreme. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't know if anyone would have that really conversation, but the way that people naturally reacted to help this young boy, like the the next couple who was there, she was like, get whatever you want. I'm actually going to pay for, I'll pay for his meal. If you want ice cream, get ice cream, whatever. And she was like, no, that's okay. She was like, no, no, I really want to do that. I want to do that for him. And the young guy went over and hugged her and she was like, tell me your name and give me your phone number. Wow. And they were like, what were you going to do with it? They were like, we were going to report her. Yeah. Like we were going to report her. So I say all that to say, um, are those some of the misconceptions of kids that are in foster care that they're all being treated, mistreated properly and people only are doing this to Secure receive a check? Uh, right. Do you guys remember the Antoine Fisher story? The, um, uh, you know, it's just sad, but it's reality. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think to some extent it is, and I think that can apply to a lot of different systems. Yeah. I'm sure that there are instances, even within adoption, where people use it as something like that. Because when you think about it, the way adoption works is that the prices are entirely different mm-hmm. based on where you get it from. Yeah. So, for example, China and Russia and some of the other countries are a lot more expensive when you compare it to adopting from either within the states, Africa, mm-hmm. Indonesia, all those places. Mm. So, and the, and the difference is very large. I mean, we're talking about, let's say, $20,000 compared to $3,000. Mm-hmm. So it, as far as in that case, 
they're not able to make a direct paycheck. Mm. But I, I do think that it's, I'm sure it happens within that space. I also believe that even within foster care, there have to be parents yeah. that actually love the kids yeah, and absolutely. care about mm-hmm. the kids. And I think one of the things that, to bring it back to what you had asked earlier, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why there is such a bad connotation when it comes to foster care is because of the shame and embarrassment and guilt that's being created mm-hmm. by some of these negative thoughts. And so when you think about it, when you come out of the foster care system and the only option that the society paints paints for you is that you can't get a job, you don't have any skills, mm. how are you gonna make it in this world? Mm. Right. It entirely defeats your the narrative you've created for yourself. Yeah. It's like coming out of prison. Exactly, right. <laughs> exactly. So what do you do at that point? Right. You don't have any options. Mm. And that's why when you look at the statistics and the st- statistics say this percentage goes to jail, this percentage mm. ends up being homeless, right. ends right, up being right. trafficked, right. all these factors, and it's because of that. Mm. So we, if you reverse the model, and you say, okay, these are the things that happened to you, but they had to happen to you in order for you to get here. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's when you can start building their self-confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ask something? No. no. Um, I think that's a great point for us to take a quick break because when we come back, I want to talk about how we change that narrative. Overcoming odds is one of those steps, mm-hmm. but how do we continue to grow and make people aware and make people know it, it's okay? Um, and then also, if maybe we should have did this in the beginning, but can mm-hmm. we define the difference for people between adoption and being in the foster care system? Because it's it's different, right? Absolutely. And people don't, maybe everyone doesn't know what that difference looks like. Um, but we're going to take a really quick break. Um, we have a lot more to talk about. This is an amazing co- uh, topic. I'm getting a lot of comments on Facebook Live. We got to talk about the conference, too. Yeah, we got to talk about the conference. Um, people are just really excited about this uh, topic that we're doing tonight. So everyone stay tuned. We have another song for you. We got Travis Scott yep. with Sickle Mood. Good and artist. Yeah, yeah. Great. he's actually coming here in December, I believe. Yeah, I'm, yeah. About, to, I'm about to get that to um, you. Two songs actually. Travis Scott, and this is this is a classic song yeah. and a classic video. Yeah. Mm. Ghetto Boys, mind yeah. playing tricks on you. Yep. Um, we'll be back, you guys. Your girl Lauren Ree right here with Overcoming Odds. We got Jada Gentleman in the building. We got the whole Water Ice family here. Don't go anywhere. Oh, I guess we're back. <laughs> it's your girl right here on What Eyes Radio, and we are just having a great time behind the scenes talking to Overcoming Eyes. We're talking to Oleg, and we're talking to Molly. Um, but I'm really excited to talk about the conference, mm-hmm. the Path Ooh. to Resilience conference. I love a conference. It's just yeah. always good, right? So talk to us about the conference and how you guys are bringing it to Philly. When, where, when, how, where, what, how, why, how, all that good well, stuff. All the questions. <laughs> yeah. All right. Might as well start. The conference, like I said before, originated from one of the stories, actually, that was submitted mm. through the website. And mm. the, the theme there is Path to Resilience. So what we, we've done is we broke down what it means to be resilient from not only in the perspective of those who've been adopted or in foster care, but more so try and relate it to everyday people. Mm-hmm. So people like yourself who may not have a direct connection. So the themes that we're going to be covering within that include how do you develop inner strength? How do you become persistent at what you do? At what you do? How do you not discouraged by negative feedback or mm-hmm. criticism? How do you believe in yourself? How do you have a support group? The unique thing about this particular conference and all the other ones is that they're all led by people who have that firsthand experience. Mm-hmm. So they are, they're all led by former foster youth or adoptees themselves. Uh, for this particular one, we have seven speakers. Okay. And we're having four of them are flying in. 
from Austin, LA, North Carolina, and New York City. Cool. And then three of them are within this this general area. Mm-hmm. And the the structure of it, how it works, so those who may be listening are not turned off entirely and say, okay, I'm not a foster youth mm-hmm. or I'm not adopted, is that you'll still be able to relate. And the reason why I say it is because there is an opportunity, there will be an opportunity to listen to a speaker. And then our goal is to also have small breakout groups. Mm-hmm. So a chance for you to connect with others within that table. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the purpose is that, you know, when times do get tough in life, which happens to be every day for mm-hmm. a lot of us. Mm-hmm. I, I know for me, it's a new challenge every day. You gotta Absolutely. figure it out. You have the confidence to pick up the phone and say, hey, I met you here. We talked about this. Can you help me out yeah. with this? Oh, that's cool. I love mm-hmm. that, that networking piece of yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like it's really cool that, oh, like you're, you know, it's not just one event, but you were talking to me on the phone when we first, you know, mm-hmm. had linked up and you were saying, it's about the event, but then it goes beyond that with maybe small groups of people getting together and talking. And yep. I mean, even just, having had talked to you a couple of times, we've been planning over email and phone and I've been like meeting more and more people throughout the city of Philadelphia or just reconnecting with people that I know have been adopted. And we've just been having those stories of sharing, you know, and Oh, I can't wait for the event. But then beyond that, I can't mm-hmm. wait to connect more, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's really amazing. So do we have a, a date? The date is October 20th. Okay. And it will be, we believe it's nine, 9 AM. 9 AM. Okay. And we're still, we're in the process of securing some couple of the venues um, but we think it will definitely be within the Philadelphia region. Okay. And um, so that that's that's kind of the just idea. one day or is it it'll be a one day conference. One day conference. Yep. Okay. It'll be about um, five to six hours. Mm-hmm. And um, lunch included. Uh, <laughs> and one of the things that Molly uh, touched on is at the end of that conference, one of the things that we'll be introducing is a, a weekly meetup. Mm. And, oh, cool. And yeah. the the name of it is called Breakthrough. Mm. And it's really going to be a chance for people to meet once per week and have us each week is going to have a specific topic. Yeah. Usually that topic will relate to something within your life. And the purpose of that is to allow every single person that comes to that group two to three minutes to speak on that particular topic. Cool. So what it really does is it actually allows you to have that personal breakthrough. You can speak on a topic. You can actually show people who you are which ultimately I think develops a better connection mm-hmm. and allows us to get away from the surface level and become vulnerable, mm-hmm. which is a topic, not a hot topic in today's world, <laughs> but I believe that's how you actually become who you are and can accept the changes that you can in life mm-hmm. by being vulnerable. How do packing people register and get tickets? Um, they can do that straight from the website. Okay. The URL is overcomingodds.today okay. forward slash path to resilience. Cool. We're nice. also on Eventbrite. Also mm-hmm. on Eventbrite. Yeah. Okay, cool. I love it. So October 20th, a mm-hmm. uh, one-day conference. So um, looking out for the location, but people can buy ticket- tickets now. Yep. They yeah. can definitely get tickets now. I love it. So I have one last question for you guys. Um, I kind of went back and forth with what I wanted it to be, but I, in this moment, I know mm-hmm. what I want the question to be. Um, can you talk to someone right now who is – considering maybe being a foster parent or um, being to adopt a child and just talk to them why that would be a good idea and how it has in one way really changed your life. Mm -hmm. Both of you, Mm -hmm. whoever wants to go first. 
I think the way that I would approach that particular process is I believe that that decision is entirely guided from here. Your heart. From the yep. heart. And I think that's when you you have to decide for yourself whether or not that's the right option or not. Mm-hmm. You can't let another person make that decision for you. So as far as what I would do in those shoes is A, I would first speak to someone who's been there. Agreed. I wouldn't go to an organization that has learned the system from a textbook right. or from um, articles and publications because you can't even confirm whether or not those were written by firsthand hmm. experience. Right. So the fact that you can't do that, you really, I wouldn't go that route. Mm-hmm. Rather, I would find a group of people, preferably however many, so that way you can get a perspective of what it's like. And I would learn from that firsthand experience. Yeah, you can't beat that. You yeah. can't beat that. That's where you can have the raw questions. Yeah. What was it like to be adopted? Yeah. Did you want to be adopted? Yeah. You know, do you want to be a foster parent? Money, budget. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You can figure out all those things through that firsthand experience. And I think that's the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And this goes beyond adoption and foster care, really, mm-hmm. is the, the people that, the experts, are not necessarily those that have a PhD yeah. or any sort of ending to their, their name, but it's mm-hmm. more so it's everyday people, which is one of the reasons why I think every single one of us on this planet can live the story that we want to tell. I think I definitely agree with the point that Oleg said in terms of, you know, Talk to someone who has been through the experience. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like when we see images of, you know, people who are adopting maybe celebrities or whatnot, and then it's like, oh, this person's so amazing because they did this thing, you right. know? Right. Well, have we talked to the kids in the experience? Have mm-hmm. we, even as that person who's adopting or as anyone who's adopting, do you know anyone who's adopted? Have you, are your close friends or any peers in your life adopted? Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I think... Um, there's some times where you can feel isolated as an adoptee because your parents don't have anyone else in their world that are adopted or anyone in their world that look like you even. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, um, you know, I had a great opportunity. My birth mom, you know, she had other kids and they were also adopted and she couldn't afford to have kids. And so I'm very grateful that she had birth, you know, and didn't split, you know, found a loving home. And, and I, I, you know, I, I don't say this like every adoptee may say it, I think that I did have a good experience and not everyone does, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that I'm, I'm very grateful that my birth mom was able to say, this is a really hard decision, but I'm going to do it. Right. Um, so I, I think that for me, a great experience is that I've had two loving parents, a twin sister that looks like me and a challenging experience, but yeah. just a great opportunity to, my dad's also in the air force. So it's like, got to travel and didn't <laughs> think that would happen. So right. really cool experiences. Um, and now giving, getting to talk about it more. So Cool. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. So again, thank you guys for coming on to the Absolutely. show. This has been a, thank you so much. a wonderful topic for us to talk. We haven't covered this. Yeah. No. This is great. First time. Um, where can they find you guys? Yeah. Like on social, social media. media or... I want to give your your uh, handles or anything like that. Uh, for me, it's just overcoming odds, mm-hmm. and that's the same across any platform you can think nice. of. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I am jetsetton underscore three six five. However, I'm not jetsetton three six five, but I wish I was. Um, <laughs> love to travel. Yes, right? yes, yes. That's perfect. So you, we always say around here, um, you know, what are your radio? The first time you come on, you're a guest. The second time, you guys are family. Mm. So make sure you guys come back because. I know for a fact that this won't be the first time you'll have a conference here mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Absolutely. This will definitely and be one something more time, ongoing. Can you tell everybody where yeah. they get the tickets and um, you know for the for the conference here? Absolutely, in the tickets you can get them at overcomingodds.today forward slash path to resilience, 
or you can search Path to Resilience on Eventbrite. Nice, nice, nice. I love it. All right, everybody, that is it for the Lauren Reed Live show tonight. Make sure you guys come back next week. Uh, we have a really cool show for you guys next week. Um, some of our Boom family is going to Whoa. be in the building finally. Um, actually, some added on guests have been added to that Whoa, show. I don't even know about that. You don't. Uh, Deja, also from Boom Philly, is going to be here. Deja. She just uh, got started. She just announced that she has a new show coming out called The Chill Spot. Yep. Right over at Mitchell and Ness, the official Josh spot. Mitchell and Ness. So studio. her and her co host are coming through, uh, Mike G's. So it's gonna, uh, <laughs> G's, they're coming. So it's going to be really dope. We get to spend some time with our Boom family. Um, Justin is going to be here. He's mm-hmm. that, one of the hottest photographers out here in the city. One of the if best you guys, photographers. Justin, uh, uh, Justin, my, is it Justin, my view? Justin, Inst- my view. On Instagram. Yep. His, his pictures from Made in America were just um, amazing. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that show. I'm excited to um, have them all here. It's going to be dope. It's going to mm-hmm. be fun. It's definitely going to be a fun show. Yeah. So make sure you guys... Come back Tuesday night next week, 8 o'clock, right here on Water Ice Radio. And never, ever, ever forget, not all superheroes wear capes. Sometimes Sometimes they they wear wear headphones. headphones. Peace. Peace, y'all.